Welcome to the perfume room. My scent of the day today is not a fragrance, but a very special candle that I recently received in PR. And it is special because it's a collaboration between past perfume room guest, internet candle darling, and my friend, Sir Candleman, and the esteemed candle brand, Lafco. The candle is called Heart of the Matter, and at her core, she is a vanilla for the vanilla lover and hater alike. And I'll be honest, in these two categories, I do tend to fall into the latter because, and while I will say there are certainly exceptions, heart of the matter, I just can't do like a cupcake icing vanilla candle. I find it to be too cloying in a space. Leave it to Sir Candleman to come up with a vanilla that only makes friends. So let's discuss. The notes are vanilla, guayacwood, and cumin. And in non-fragrance terms, it smells a little something like this. Imagine that sort of like dusty, cocoa-y, slightly sweet smell of like cocoa powder, okay? Then add a vanilla bean accent, something distinctly vanilla pod versus vanilla icing. All of this is tempered with this sort of like warm, dry woods feel, a smell that doesn't quite feel like a sauna or like that of burning Palo Santo, but feels like in that wheelhouse, like a cousin of the two. I get something like a little salty even, and not like the ocean, okay? But instead, salty like, okay, have you ever sprinkled salt on top of ice cream? One, if you have not, you should. And two, you know how salt on top of ice cream adds this like salty sweet dichotomy that simultaneously enhances, but also softens the original flavor? In here, you get that same sort of like fluffy, subtle saltiness. It's gourmand, it's cozy, it's cocooning, and yet, it still feels breezy. It's a candle I want to burn on a cold, snowy day. Congrats to you, Sir Candleman. You have done it again. Let's get to our guest. Today we are joined by Zernel Gilly. Zernel is a DJ, avid fragrance collector, and entrepreneur turned fragrance founder. As an internationally touring DJ, during lockdown, all of Zernel's travels and gigs came to a halt, and he found himself at home indulging in his one true love his fragrance collection. Who else can relate? But that is when genius struck and he realized the parallels between music and scent and knew he was onto something special. He spent the last few years developing and launching an eponymous fragrance collection, all inspired by his favorite music genres, and he has even more plans to expand the collection and eventually the Zernel Gilly empire as he plans to bring his son into the fold. We had a great conversation talking about the connection between music and scent, the three fragrances that are already launched, and all of his plans for the future, and I can't wait for you to hear. Here's Zernel. Zernel, welcome to the Perfume Room. How are you doing today? I am wonderful. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting with you. I recently had the pleasure of getting to try your three fragrances that you just launched. This was a a COVID um, endeavor, right? You only started this a few years ago? Exactly, exactly. Not even even two years ago. Wow. Okay, well, we are going to get into that. Before we do, I have a slew of questions I ask every guest. The first one being, what fragrance or fragrances are you currently wearing? That's a good one. Um... I could talk about it, and I, I brought them out with me because, you know, I'm a fragrance lover. I love them. So, uh, Nietzsche by Seven, besides my own stuff, this is one of the things that I've been wearing. I don't even know that brand, Nijma. Okay. 
What does that smell like? Heaven. No. Heaven? Okay. <laughs> it's it's creamy. It's light. It's 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 a uh, it's from their oud line. So it's a light oud. Not, you know, not the funky, skanky oud, but more smooth and refined. I'm not really into the loud ouds. I like refined ouds. Got it. I actually came across this at um, Nose in Paris. Oh, wow. Okay. I was recently at Nose. I love that store. Would you say that you have a sort of like specific signature scent or scent profile that you gravitate towards? Not really, but I do I do like amber-based stuff, but I wouldn't say specific, you know, that was specifically what I like. I like all different types of fragrances and I've been wearing all type, different types of fragrances. I guess it just depends on where I'm at in my life and what mood, you know, what's going on because over the years I've been wearing fragrances so long that it's it's changed. But I, I, I used to like really dark stuff. I used to like heavy, you know, even before I knew what I liked, you know, I was just wearing what, you know, most people said was cool. Okay, interesting. Well, we're going to get into how you picked the fragrances that you did for your collection. But before we do, I'm curious, do you have any fragrance hot takes or controversial opinions when like something other people in the industry might not necessarily agree with you about? No. None? None. Uh, I believe people should do or be or whatever. If, if, if whatever you feel, if uh like if if you're a creator and that's what you want to do, then do it. No hot takes from me. Wow. Okay. I just want to say, as we get into this conversation, perhaps something will be revealed that could be controversial that maybe we haven't even gone to yet. I don't know. Sometimes people don't know it's a hot take and hot takes come up. That's possible. Well, let's go back to the very beginning. You are a fragrance collector before you became a fragrance founder. When did you first get into fragrance? I would say I used to sneak. Well, not sneak, because you, once you put it on, it's not sneaking anymore. But I used to I used to put on my dad's Pierre Cardin mm. uh, when I was geez, seven, eight. Uh, I, he might have even started it, you know, maybe going to church on Sunday. He used to put a little spritz on me. And he wasn't a big fragrance wearer, but the bottle always interested me. You know, it was two and a half, the circular top. And I was like, wow, this is cool. Um, it kind of reminds me of the TV tower in Berlin now that I think about it. Because it's tall and then it's circular at the top. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of how the Pierre Cardin bottle was back in the, um, in the 70s. I'm telling my age, in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So um, that was like, that would be my first experience with fragrance. And then he, he, he got um, Aramis. And I believe I was wearing that too. So I think I started off wearing like manly fragrances as a kid. You're wearing Aramis as a child as well? Yes, yes. That is that is that's a, a hot take right there. Walking into like a third grade class wearing some Aramis, <laughs> like Miss Henderson, you smell me. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Okay, so so how did you go from wearing your father's Aramis and Pierre Cardin to like starting your own collection? And as you started exploring, like what what did you find you were into? You know, I grew up in house music culture in the you know mid eighties. I was in high school and. With the culture of house music, it was fashion that was involved as well. So we, you know, we liked the designers, you know, we, we was dressing to impress. And if you dress to impress, you have to smell good, too. And that kind of went hand in hand together. So um, I started that kind of my fragrance, you know, the polo green, of course, bowling green. So it was really dark stuff. And this was, you know, early 80s, um, mid 80s. 
And, um, you know, the Drakkar came out. I, I never wore it because everybody else was wearing it. But and, th- and then I always wanted to be different. So I was searching out stuff that was different. And uh, I found my signature scent at 16. My signature scent was Halston Z14. A great signature scent. Mm-hmm. And when you say like you like house music, do you have like any elements of like synesthesia of like this kind of smells like this or anything like that? Not per se, not with house music. Um, and I know people are like, oh, you know, because I'm working on a new release. I'm working on my, my next release and it it's going to be house. House is the next release from my line. Nice. And uh, people are like, oh, it's going to smell like baby powder, right? And I'm like, no, because, but baby powder was like a thing that dancers would sprinkle on the floor to help, you know, with their moves and to be able to slide around. And it's a part of the house culture uh, for dancers. And, and people were like, oh, it's going to smell like baby powder, right? It's going to have a baby powder. I was like, nah, that's not really where I get my inspiration, per se, for, for my line. I don't get it from a specific thing. It's really a combination of different notes or different things that I'm feeling or directions I'm going. So with that, yeah, no, I don't really have a specific thing because there's so many different smells uh, at parties. <laughs> if you if you go out, you know there's different smells at parties. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know about that baby powder thing, but that's really interesting. I mean, okay, so let's go back. For people listening, as you're talking about house music, you are a DJ. Mm-hmm. Tell us, when did you first get into um the music scene, and how would you describe your sort of, like, style as a DJ? Okay, um, music, I, I kind of got into it, not to say late, but, you know, I wasn't, like, four years old listening to music. My my, my parents, my mother was really religious. Uh, my father worked all the time, so we really, they really didn't play music in the house. Um, and then MTV came out, and, you know, it was probably 1980, and I was watching, you know, MTV, and they had, you know, all these rock bands, and the, the, uh, was it Twisted Sister, and all of these different groups, you know, Ozzy Osbourne had big stuff, NXS had big videos out, and um, I was really into that, but we weren't, we had moved from Chicago, and I was living in the South, in Memphis, Tennessee, and then we moved back to Chicago in 84, and when I got back, I was listening to the radio and it, they used to have this station called WBMX and they were playing house music. And when I first heard it, I was like, whoa, this is it. Just the, the rhythm of it, the movements that you can have with it just really touched me. And I was like, I want to do that. That's, that's what I want to do. And then when I went to my first party, I was, I was hooked. It was over. So I started um, wanting to learn to DJ and emulate what I was hearing on the radio. So that would probably be 85, 1985, I started learning how to DJ. So like if we take your three cents that are currently out, we've got techno, we've got disco, we've got hip hop. Are those representative of like some of your sets or like other styles you play or are you mainly in the house scene? They are representative of the music that I've loved over the years. Disco was my first release in the fragrance line because disco was the first music that I learned to DJ with. Mm. And, and back then, not to get too deep into house culture and house lesson, 
house was it it encompassed just the music that we played at the clubs. So it was disco, it was everything. It was rock. All of that fell into the category of house music. It was whatever that DJ played at the time. And it was more house was more culture than a music genre. So house was more like the clothes you wore. We were wearing like, you know, it was preppy. So it was penny loafers and argyle socks and, you know, button down shirts, polo shirts and stuff like that was people would see you and they was like, oh, he's house because they knew the way you dressed. And along again with that, again, you know, fragrance played a part of what you, you know, Mm -hmm. part of your wardrobe. It was part of your wardrobe. Uh, Techno is my love for Detroit techno. And this would be techno from, you know, the mid to late 80s. Groups like Cybertron, uh, they made that song called No UFO. It was one of my favorite songs. And, you know, Strings of Life was one of my favorite songs back then. A lot of the stuff that guys was doing out of Detroit kind of mixed. Even before I knew these guys were from Detroit, I liked, I heard the music and I liked the music. And I didn't know. I was like, oh, this this is, I didn't know what it was. I just called it house music, but it was actually the beginning of techno music. So, uh, and, and I'm not, you know, saying anything is wrong with the newer techno stuff, uh, but it's not about that. It's about Detroit techno from the, from the mid to late 80s. And the next release, hip hop, is a point in my life where it, there were, I, I was in the, the military and there wasn't any house music around. So it was hip hop was what I was listening to a lot. And this was um, early 90s, early 90s. And then when I came back around and started back into regular, regular life, not military, not a, a soldier's life, but a regular life, uh, I got back into DJing again and back into house music. And it had changed a little bit, but hip hop, you know, had a love, had a love for it, especially in the early 90s with Tribe and Wu-Tang. Those were really just, you know, pivotal for me. I just, I loved Wu-Tang. I loved that first album. And that's kind of what uh, Hip Hop, the release, uh, I had a reviewer say, oh, this is just so creamy. It's so good. It's so creamy. I don't, I don't know why he calls it Hip Hop. And, and, I, and I said, you know, cash rules everything around me. That's cream. And I got that from the Wu-Tang album. And then she's like, oh, and, and those were, that's what that's about. And then House, of course, is next. I've been getting a lot of flack for not releasing House first. It's like, you're a House DJ. How come you didn't release House first? And I was like, you know, this is, there's a method to this, of course, but it also fits into uh, how that music evolved in my life and as a DJ. I guess what my notion of House music is in 2023 and I might be speaking out of my ass here because I'm not a DJ, but I think of house music as much more of like um, bass and like instrumentals and like, am I, am I just sounding really dumb? So the term and the genre and the production all got so diluted and so spread out and you got all of these different subgenres of the genre because the thing with like techno, techno was not, Techno. It was just the music that these guys was playing in Detroit. And people who did not know needed to be able to call it something. So they decided techno, the new sound of Detroit. And that's kind of stuck. And these were some guys that was from Europe. 
Same thing with house music. It was not just one specific thing, but people needed to be able to call it something, so they called it house. And then they started calling it electronic dance music or EDM. And people get it confused. I wouldn't... It, it falls under the same... I wouldn't say diagram, but the same recipe. You know, music is music. You can only do so many different things. You know, you got 16 beats between the bar. That's all you can do. Um, but because it falls into that category, people call it house music, and it's not. It's EDM. So it's electronic dance music. And then you can say, oh, well, house music, electronic dance music, because you make it with electronic machines. But it's not. But it's not. You got to differentiate not. EDM from house. And you're talking so much about like the aesthetic, like the house aesthetic and the Argyle socks and the loafers and the look and that people would just like see you and be like, that's a house guy. What did that smell like? It smelled like pine. <laughs> it smelled like polo green. It smelled like, you know, dark fragrances. Um, and and, it, and in, a, in a, you know, the late 90s and early 2000s, it kind of changed. You know, it was more designer stuff. And, you know, my uh, over that time period, my signature scent has changed and it evolved. And, you know, I was like, Hosta Z14 was my thing for a while. And then all of these designer scents came out and I was really into them. And, you know, I was wearing the Izzy Miyake. And, of course, you know, early on. And, um, and then I started, um, you know, moving up. I got older. When you get older, you have more money. You have more money. You can buy different things. And then I started... Um, I found Egoist. Egoist, the original Egoist was like, that was it for me. I was, couldn't tell me nothing when I was wearing that. That was my scent. Uh, and so from like the mid 90s out, um, I, I still have a, a bottle of Egoist from the 90s. Langerfield was one of my favorites at the time back then too. Langerfield and Egoist, those were my two. Okay, got it. So as you were creating your line, which we're going to pivot to, were there any like North Stars for you of like, this is a best in class fragrance and like I need to bring that same energy or like anything that inspired you of you or, or maybe a perfumer that you are like, this is who I want to create my scent? There are certain notes that I like. Notes in music and notes in fragrance, they move like this. And I, it's weird because I, I don't know why people haven't have, it hasn't been associated like that before. But it's it's similar with music. You have your highs, your mids, and your lows. And you mentioned about the bass. Bass is the like one of the the, the most important parts of a fragrance because you know, that's what that's what you're left with. That's the lasting impression. Right. Once you get through everything else, the base of the fragrance is what people usually smell. And with music, you went straight for the bass. It's the same thing. Uh, the the highs and the, the high notes in the fragrance and the high notes in the in the in music are similar. They catch your attention, and you, when you hit it in house music, it catches your attention. It's like it sets the tone for what's to come next. So then your chorus or what um, or whatever the the bridges are for your songs, that's your heart notes. That's the heart of the fragrance. That's the heart of a song. And then the bass is what provides the movement, the drum, the kick. Uh, it's the same thing with fragrance. And when that came to me, I was like, oh, wow. And that was what really, that thought, that concept in my mind that came to me is what sparked me to be able to do the line that I'm doing. 
to pivot back on uh, what inspired me. So as we said earlier, I was, it was during the pandemic, DJs were out of work. You know, we weren't, there was no tours. I wasn't going to Europe. I wasn't traveling. There's no clubs were open. Uh, and I'm sitting on the couch, just like, what am I going to do? What's happening? Uh, and then I started wearing, I was wearing different fragrances every day, like something different. And my wife was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you got the whole house smelling like whatever, and you're just sitting on the couch. But um, it made me feel better. You know, it it, uh, it helped me to get through that time because a lot of friends, a lot of friends of mine were just really in a dark place. You know, like I, I DJ, but I do other things as well. Some of my friends are just DJs and they had no money. It was, it was really bad. And, and, you know, uh, I was looking for ways to help people out during that time. Um, I was donating, you know, money to different organizations, putting information out so that people would know there was resources for help if you needed it. Uh, even reaching out to help other people if they needed specifically. And um, but then fragrance was what lifted me up. And I had recently, um, right before the pandemic, uh, my family and I, we were living in Budapest for maybe five months, five, six months, right? Between the beginning and end of 2019. What brought you to Budapest? Um, so like I said, we do other, other, other things. My, my wife's a filmmaker. And she is also a professor of uh, film and television for Loyola Marymount University. So she was doing a, she was teaching a study abroad program. And when she was offered to do it, I said, well, that's perfect because I'm, I'm going on tour anyway. So I can just go with you to Europe. And at the time, my son was 16 and he was like, no, y'all ain't leaving me. <laughs> you know, ain't nobody leaving nobody. That's what he said. Nobody's leaving nobody. And uh, so we unenrolled him from school. We put him in an online school program, and he went with us. So he wow. was, you know, so we're all in Europe. Um, I'm touring, and my, my son can DJ as well. So uh, he actually played his first club in Paris at 16. That is so cool. Yeah, that was, that was really cool. What a cool childhood you're giving him that you're like, oh, we're going to unenroll you, and you're coming with us to Budapest. Yeah, he, 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 he realizes, he's starting to realize how cool it was. Um, yeah. So he's a junior now at LMU, actually, uh, in the business program because he wants to run our different companies. But yeah, so now he, he gets a chance to understand how cool that was. So we were able to travel. Um, you know, that was their first time going to Europe. So it was like a big overdose. So we went to Eastern Europe. We were living in Eastern Europe. We were traveling, you know, to all of the big places, Paris. You know, you got to go to the Louvre and check out different museums and went to London. And, uh, you know, all we traveled every weekend. Either I was gigging traveling or I was traveling with them to take them someplace else to see something new. Uh, so it was a really great experience for my family. And then, of course, you know, when we got back, COVID. So before that, to, to piggyback to back to the fragrances, because I try to stay on point. Um, I was in London for Carnival and I was DJing a party there, but I knew 
I had to go to check out this house that I really wanted to know about. And I found a fragrance that I just fell in love with. I went to this, I went to this boutique and they were so nice. The manager was so dope. And she happened to be from the Midwest at the time. So, you know, I'm this American DJ. And I was able to get my nose on a bottle of this. You know what this is? Is that Sweetie Oud? Yes, Sweetie Oud. I'm trying to read. I'm like, okay. Yes. Yeah, that's a great one. It's, it was, I smelled everything that they had in the store. I was in there for three and a half hours. You know, she showed me all over. They took me to where they shoot the videos at upstairs. She really rolled out the red carpet for me. Wow. Um, and I was like, ooh, the DJ gets the red carpet. And uh, I fell in love with this. So I grabbed a bottle of this. And then I proceeded to head to Carnival. So I'm walking through Carnival and I didn't have any clue what was going on because I had just played the DJ the night before. So during the daytime, it's, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And I'm walking with this prized possession through Carnival and just having a great time. Um, so this, as you can see, because I don't, I have a lot of fragrances. I never get to half of a it's fragrance. It's a sizable dent for people listening. That is yes. what we're, we're looking at right now. Very good dent in this bottle. Yes. There's a dent in that one. Now, I don't have a dent in most, but that's a dent in in that one. And then, um, so that, you know, and I don't have anything that smells like that. But I I knew I liked what, what this, what they gave me was presentation. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this presentation is dope, uh, even though it's simple. And so I was like, okay, keep your presentation simple. Let the fragrance speak for it, even though they have this fancy top. I was like, okay, I don't need to do that, but I do need to keep my presentation simple and classic and straight line. So I was like, okay, I can do that. That stuck into my head. And as far as fragrance-wise, I also was into this during that time. And this is Invasion Barbie. Okay. I haven't smelled that one. It was, it was, it's, you know, MDCI is mm-hmm. a company. So this one, as you can see, this one has a pretty good dent into it too. So this gave me some more inspiration. It made me, I was like, okay, I was wearing these and I was like, oh, it's getting me through. And um, also this particular one, I wore a lot during the pandemic. You have good taste. You are pulling out like the nicest, like, I mean, Sultan from Royal Crown is. So so you can kind of see I'm I'm not all over the place, but I got a, you know, a, a, a thread. Yeah. A good warm, ambery, like slightly gourmand, but not a like cakey gourmand, but like deep. Exactly. Kind of overarching theme. So while I was sitting there uh, getting into the fragrances that I was wearing on the couch, and of course my wife was freaking out like, dude, you, you're killing me. Once the thought came to me that this is what something that I was going to do, mm-hmm. I decided, I'm like, okay, the first thing you want to do is to make sure your fragrances smell amazing. That's the number one thing. Number two... Uh, knowing where I wanted to be in this particular industry. Actually, you know, there's not a lot of uh, black perfume houses that are out there. And I wanted to 
make sure that I was ready to be on the shelf. That was the main thing. I was like, you have to be ready to be on the shelf if you want to be on the shelf. Um, and I would give that advice to any new person starting up. Act like you belong, you know, and not saying you have to be a certain way, but I wanted to make sure my bottle looked like it belonged on a shelf and could sit there next to anybody else. Right. And that's exactly what happened. Hello, listeners. I hope you are enjoying this episode. This podcast would not be what it is without all of you. If you love Perfume Room, please, please, please support the podcast and take one minute or two to rate, review, subscribe, and share. In less than the amount of time it takes you to brush your teeth, unless you are incredibly speedy, you can leave a nice review for the podcast or perhaps share your favorite episode on social media, anything that might help somebody else to discover Perfume Room. Thank you. Love you. Let's get back to the episode. When my stuff got into, started getting into these high-end perfume uh, boutiques and in uh, the new arrivals, I'm there and I was next to, they had me in Roja, Manhattan. And I was like. That's amazing. It's like full circle. Exactly. Wow. Um, but if, if, if the bottle, the fragrance was amazing and the presentation was fine, the presentation was, you know, I don't have to change this. It's classy. It's got a, my magnetic top was just gotta a little thing. Got to have a magnetic, I, you magnetic cap. I you love that. It. It's, you know, it's got the the, the Art Deco uh, collar on it. Yeah. Wow. Collar. I've never heard that word for like a top, but I like it. And then, then you get your little bit of gold there to help, you know, it, it, it it's classy. And very thoughtful. Yeah. And, um. Because I'm a perfume guy. That's what comes with it. If you like magnetic tops, you're a perfume guy. You like magnetic tops. I was like, oh, if I like it, that's what I do. I believe in doing something to a standard that is good enough for me. And I want to make sure that I put something out that's great for anybody else. I don't like to cut corners. I don't like to shortcut. I don't like anything that I wouldn't do for myself. Mm -hmm. And I've always been that way as far as product. Um, and I, I make things for me because I'm like, what if I'm the only one that's going to be wearing this? And I loved saffron. So if you know, saffron is a theme throughout these first three releases, and it's probably it's going to be in the fourth one too. So the first four I have, the saffron thread is going to run through them. Um, and that's part of that particular, I'm going to do the DNA in groups of four because I have so many more coming. Uh, with music, it's endless. I can keep going on and on. And I'm also, uh, my son, so the kids are loving, all of, the, all of the college kids are loving techno. And my son wears it, and he went through a whole bottle in a month. And I'm like, dude, wow. what's going on? Right. He said, all the kids come to my dorm, and they put on techno. Does he get how cool his dad is now? Yeah, and he really, and when I come up there sometimes, and they was like, when his roommate was like, dude, I saw this video of your dad online DJing at this <laughs> festival. You didn't tell me. You're, and, he, and he's like, oh, Lord. <laughs> you know, my dad was just like a dude. My dad still, my dad is 100 years old. Oh, my God. Yes. A centennial. He ce- yes. He celebrated his 100th birthday. Um, and amazing. I was able to, to hang out with him. But 
he was just a dude. He's a hard mm-hmm. worker, but he was just a dude. And mm-hmm. and I loved him because he he gave me my work ethic and he I was able to have an example of uh you know doing the next right thing. Mm-hmm. Um these kids nowadays, you you could be like a superstar, you're like, ah, it's just my dad. <laughs> right. Um but all of the kids, again, all of the kids are loving, they love techno. So he's into fragrances now, and we're going to start a, a subgenre for each of the releases. So like with hip hop, it'll be mine. And then Zernel Gilly, the second, because he's the second, will mm-hmm. be, uh, he'll do Trap and Trill under his name. So the cool. subgenres will be his releases. So what are the subgenres of techno and disco? EDM. I'm not sure. We still have to, to just put our heads together and think on it. Um, I want to have him more involved. So I don't want to, you know, push my what I think it should be. Uh, as, as he being the creative director of that, I want him to, you know, creatively direct and let me know what he feels it should be. And it's just something that's a small thing we're working on. So I'm curious, like, as someone who was on the consumer side and a fragrance fanatic before, like, how did you get connected to the right perfumers? Did you have in mind, like, oh, I love this person's work? Like, how? who did you work with? Um, I work with this guy. He just, it just happened. We came together. We talked on Zoom. I liked the vibe. I liked him as a person. First, because I'm a true in in the, in the other industries that we're in, I believe in working with people that I like. I don't care. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you've done. If I don't like you as a person, I don't want to sound like this, but I don't have time or the energy to put out into people that are on the s- similar values as I have. You know, I'm not a young kid trying to get in. Uh, I've been, you know, pretty successful in different businesses for a while. And, you know, I've learned over the years that work with people you like. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I like this guy as a person. Uh, And he's amazing (laughs) as a perfumer. And he's like, I don't want to have, you know, this is just a passion. I don't want to have anything to do with anything else. So he's an anonymous guy. He doesn't. Wow. Yes. He's so talented. I was sure that it was like somebody from a major fragrance house just by the, like, how beautiful the fragrances smell. Just a guy. Just a dude. He's just a dude. And it kind of fit because, you know, I was I was in the chemical industry, too, for 20 years. I feel like you've lived many lives because you're also like, you're like, I have, I have other careers. I was casually in Budapest. Like, what are some of the other things you've done or are doing? I, I've had, I have five lives. No, <laughs> on my fifth. <laughs> um... I've done a lot of different things. Um, I've, I've was a, a landlord and I did rehabs and I was a property owner. I owned a lot of different properties in Chicago. You know, DJ, of course, that's always been my love. It was a passion, hobby, passion that turned into something that I was able to create into my thing later on. Um, I have a record label. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm a DJ. You got to have a record label. So yeah, I have a record yeah. label. Uh, actually have a new release coming out in the next couple of weeks. So that's going to be pretty cool. At a, a clothing line, I started from my record label, from the logo of my record label, and it kind of blew mm-hmm. up. 
And that kind of was able to, that's where the startup came for the fragrance line. It came from my, came from my uh, clothing line. Wow. Um, so I, I did that. And I also was in the chemical industry for 20 years. So I made specialty chemicals. I could make, you know, a 10,000 gallon batch of disco. I, I can do it because wow. that's what I used to do. So we kind of fell in, you know, I took, uh, you know, I was a, a, a chemical engineering major, you know, so, you know, I, I'm, I know my way around a lab. With my line, they're 50% concentrate perfume extracts. There's a reason why I do 50%. 30% will work, but 50% gives it a different life. It allows, like, the songs, like, songs to evolve. You start with your intro, and then you have the heart of the song, and then you have your ending. 50% concentrates give me the ability to do the same thing with perfume as with music. Um, it, it gives me the time. Usually you don't get to your, you know, you with, a, with a lower concentrations, you get right to the point. It's right. there. With these, they evolve and then they actually change, which is what I really love about them. And then once they get to the dry down, it's, it's a whole different fragrance and it's even better than the beginning than the opening. And and that's what that's what we got with this. So I was trying this fragrance. My wife said, what is that? And I'm like, oh, that's my new, my new, you know, perfume. She's like, oh, you bought another bottle? You know, she's like, oh, you got another bottle? And I'm like, no, this is mine. Because I didn't tell her what I was doing because she's not a perfume. She doesn't. She didn't know you were working on a fragrance line? No. No. <laughs> no. I'm like, I don't, I don't need the outside distractions on this one. And I, mean, and, and I love my wife. She's amazing. She's, a, she's an amazingly talented woman. But she didn't, perfume is not her thing. It is now. <laughs> it is now. Um, but then, and then she, she said to me, whatever that is, that's it. That's good. And it was disco. Disco is amazing. It is. And now that's all she wears. She's, ever, before it came out, she hasn't worn anything but disco every day. Your work is done. It's done. If she says it's good, then I knew I could, this could be something that could represent and people who aren't into fragrances will love it. And I knew it could be a, you know, signature scent. That's why I called it. I said, it's a signature scent worthy fragrance. And it's really unisex because she loves it and I wore it and it smells beautiful on both of us, but different. So that was, that was, um, that was great. That was just, it was just great. So I was like, okay, so now I got it. I got this fragrance. I knew I was going to call it. I knew what we were going to do with it. Uh, I still had to sit with it for a little, a little bit longer. But now my mind is working on presentation. And again, I, I've never done this before. So I needed to, to work. I needed to find, I knew what I wanted, but I knew I didn't want my stuff to look like anybody else's, which is hard to do. So I had to find a place. I sourced my bottles from another country uh, in Europe. And uh, I started off with uh, my labeling was not just a, a sticker, but it was a, 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 a peel off sticker that left the name on it. So, you know, I had to do the graphic design. And then that worked for, I did like 100 bottles in the, the first batch. Uh, I posted on social media about the line 
and it sold out in three days. Congrats. That's huge. And I wasn't ready. <laughs> I, wasn't, I thought I'd had time. Uh, but then I, I was able to bounce back. I, I got more bottles in, uh, expedited it. Uh, I found a place to print on the bottles. Uh, I had enough product ready. Uh, people blind bought disco like crazy. And, and, and I, I'll never forget this one guy because I had a following through my music. This one guy says, I don't know Tom Ford, but I know you. And that kind of stuck. I was like, wow, really? Wow. And so I just went from there. And next thing you know, Disco was doing his thing. I had the one fragrance and I got in the Lucky Scent. That's where I discovered you. It was amazing. And um, a lot of people were like, you know, that know about being into, you know, perfume boutiques. They were like, how the heck did you get into this place with just one fragrance? And I tell them because it's good. That's the truth. It's good. And um, from there, I did this. I did disco. And um, I was on working on techno. And I was going to um, DJ in San Francisco. I was at LAX at the airport. And I'm doing what fragrance geeks do. We look up perfume boutiques. And I'm looking up and I see Ministry of Scent. I was like, wow, this place looks amazing. I'm, I'm going to go check them out. So I called them. I said, hey, what time are you open? I'm sitting at LAX. I'm coming to DJ in San Francisco in a couple of hours. I got a lot of time to kill. I want to come to your shop. They was like, what? It was wonderful. Come through. And I said, by the way, I own a fragrance line and I would like you to check it out. And they said, well, let us check it out. And they smelled disco and it was done. I had the version of techno before it was this version. And they smelled it. It was like, oh my God. Oh, they, they really just freaked out. And it was like this love affair from the jump. And so then now I'm in my second boutique. Those are such good initial boutiques. Like those are such reputable, you know, like to start off in Lucky Scent and Ministry of Scent. It's like, what a, what a way to start. That was a, a, a thing that I knew I wanted. I wanted to be in a boutique that would say, if I'm in there, this is a legitimate fragrance line. Can you give like an elevator pitch? Um, and let's let's relate it back to this music analogy you brought up earlier of like the top, the middle, the base um, of like what people can expect from the three fragrances you have launched so far. Back to what I was doing. I wanted to make a high-end fragrance that was affordable for everyone, that was luxurious, and that was all-encompassing. So you can wear, anybody can wear it. It's gender fluid. Uh, unisex. And I think I was able to achieve that. So, disco. The thought process behind disco was that I wanted to reach a broad audience because it was the first release. I wanted to make sure everybody could wear it and like it. So, I know my fan base. I have people who buy their stuff from Macy's. Mm -hmm. And I have people who buy their stuff from, you know, Ministry of Scent, Scent Bar. Um, I wanted to be able to capture all of that audience. And I made it at a price point where people in both audiences would be able to afford it. It's 110 for 
30 milliliter perfume extract, which That's I thought was great. Yeah. Great. Also, the bottles are 30 ml for a reason because I'm a traveling DJ and I like to take my fragrances with me. There we go. And they're extras, so they last a long time, too. They last a long time. I can get through a whole DJ set and still smell great. Um, so you can get through your whole work day and still smell great. Um, I wanted the opening in disco to be inviting. So most of my openings on the line are going to catch you. I also thought it was important that I can catch you from uh, scent strip and skin, because those are two different things. If you can catch a potential uh, customer or somebody who's a fragrance person on the scent strip, because I know how I'd work. For, this is the first thing I do. I'm like, oh, I like that. Then I spray it on the skin strip because I don't want anything on my skin that I, I can't get rid of. I'm the same way. Once it hits your skin, it's done. You're done. You're going to like it. Mm -hmm. um, so I open up with the top notes. It has uh, with Disco's bergamot and the grapefruit and the jasmine kind of play around. And we, you get a little bit of this tea. Everybody gets a little bit something different from Disco, which is great because it's, it's really the blend is really good. It's really well blended. Um, so you get a little bit of the lavender and the saffron gives a little darkness with the grapefruit notes, the fruit notes. So you get a floral fruit with a little bit of tobacco and tea. And that kind of works its magic and it's really pleasing. It's not dark. It's not light. It's just, it's, it's just a really good smooth middle combination where you can wear it to work. You can wear it to the club. You can wear it anywhere to the gym. It's one of those kind of fragrances. And then uh, I call it the chef, the chef's kiss. You know, you get the amber comes warm. It warms up from the amber and then the patchouli and the myrrh kind of starts doing its thing. And it gets really, really beautiful in the dry down. Like the, 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 the base of it is beautiful. And then techno came. And as you can see, I do like, I'm a fragrance guy. This is a fragrance person's fragrance. It's not... I didn't, it's pleasing. People like it. I've had people like, I smell techno now. Just, oh, they like, oh, I, I screamed. I fell in love. Uh, because techno opens up. It's, it's got this, we call it red fruits. Uh, it's got this blend of red fruits in the opening that's really like juicy. Very juicy. Very juicy. And then the saffron, that gets, it's, got this, it's got this leathery kind of saffron, suede, and leather. All three of those kind of work together um, in the mid. So then the lavender again. I was really into like this, this uh, Spanish rock rose. So that, that kind of worked. And then again, the amber. Techno took a good six months of back and forth. Uh, working on it to get it right. Uh, but I think we did. And the people who like techno, they they really like it. And then there's hip hop. I think, you know, you you have, I don't know, you, you're still young, you know. I have kids. I have two. And you don't have a favorite kid. You just have, you know, your kids. It's really hard not to have a favorite with you know, my fragrance line because it's like my babies. But Hip hop is starting to be my favorite out of the line. It's just so, uh, it stands out. It does. 
It definitely. I don't know if you have you gotten your nose to. I have. I might. I think for me, like my scent profile, hip hop and disco, I think we're like the stars on my skin. I like techno too, but I'm more, I think I lean more in the disco hip hop variety, but they're just there. They, and like you said, like I, I tested them on a day that I was testing like 30 fragrances. So I tested it. I was like, mm, nice. And then I went back like an hour and later and re smelled everything. And they were just like stars on the blotters among all yes. the other fragrances that I had dipped. And it, it definitely has to do with like that X-ray that you're talking about. Like I absolutely, I get it. And I got it. Cause I was like, wow, I am still smelling this. It's evolved, but it is still so powerful. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to hear that, that, you know, something that you think up here and you put it into action and for it to actually happen. That's thank you for letting me know that. I was like getting the sillage from the table and I was like, what am I? And I had so many blotters. I was like, where is this coming from? And then I was like, it's hip hop. Hip hop. Oh, my God. So hip hop was again, um, I was we were it was LA, LA Scent Week. Okay, so I'm there, and Ministry of Scent came down for LA Scent Week, and they brought their best sellers with them. And Disco and Techno was part of the group that they brought to sale at Scent Week. And I was like, oh, I'm so honored. I got to come down and, you know, just hang out because I didn't meet the other partner of uh, Ministry of Scent. So I came down, we hung out, we met. I was like, oh, I love you. You're, oh, yes. Yes, more, more, more. And so we, 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 we meshed really well. And I was able to walk around. I met a, a lot of different perfumers. Uh, we talked. People were just falling in love with techno. But I also had uh, the pre-draft of hip-hop. And I let them smell that. And people were freaking out again. I was like, okay. They said it's ready. I was like, no, nah, I don't think it's ready. It's not quite ready. And so what I did, I said, I know what it needs. I know what it needs. So I, I said, let's let's add a cognac note, a cognac accord, uh, and let's bump up the cacao and the dark chocolate. We did that. I got those back, those drafts back. And I was like, yes. That's it. Yes. I was like, this is it. We're done. It's done. And it's kind of hard to be done with, you know, when you're putting notes together Again, just like music, if you produce music, you can tinker with a song for years. And it can be done. It could be the best song somebody else has heard, but it, in your mind and in your ear, it's not ready. Same thing with fragrance. You can tinker with it forever. Or you can just throw it all together and put it out there. Kind of like some of this music that's in the world today. <laughs> just throw it together and put it out there. And there's so much music out there. It just bombards everything. I don't do that with my music, and I definitely won't do it with my fragrances. So I want to make sure I have the right. I want to make sure that I'm I'm pleased with it. I have one final question okay. for you before we get to the final segment, which is I love this idea of the subgenre line that you're working on with your son. I think that's so cool. What is a genre of music you would never want to smell a fragrance around? Just because of the name Funk. No funk. I mean, hey, okay. I could, I could, I could get behind a little. That could be like a little barnyard oud situation going on there. I don't know. I don't know. I. <laughs> it's just I don't. Uh, I don't want to put the negativity part of it out there. Uh, so funk, I probably wouldn't do. Uh, to go go down the line on the next four after this. Yeah. Blues. Love it. Jazz. 
I'm with it. Soul. Okay. R&B. I love it. I mean, and all of those things are things that I would imagine would have beautiful smells. I'm so excited to see what notes come to you with those genres of music because these have been so inspiring. So with that, we have a final segment. It is a rapid fire scent association game. It is called What's That Smell? I will throw out things, people, places. You tell me the first smell that comes to mind. Are you ready to play What's That Smell? Okay. Mm, what's that smell? Okay, Zernel, what is the smell of Chicago? Wow. Water. What is the smell of Budapest? That's a hard one. I don't know. Ooh, food. What is the smell of New York City? <laughs> uh, I was going to say grimy. <laughs> um, I oh, my. I would accept that. Um, okay, grimy. grimy. I'll say grimy. And and grimy is that's, that's your my legal, regular. right? Yep. Okay. Yes. So there it's not go. a bad thing. It's a not thing. a bad thing. A little right. grime. We love a little grime. Okay. What is the smell of love? I was going to say rose, but it's just so so it's so on the nose, right? I mean, rose, rose. roses. Okay. What is the smell of your childhood home? Mmm, vanilla. What is the smell of your current home? It's. This particular room right now smells like everything. Like uh, Yeah, it's my lap. Jasmine. Jasmine. Okay. What is the smell of teenage Zernel? Teenage Zernel? Um, I don't Jesus. Pine. Pine. Okay. The final question. The hardest one of all. What is the smell of Zernel Gilly? Wow. Um, that is a hard one. I don't know. Amber. 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 I love it. Okay. Well, Zernel, it has been a pleasure getting to meet you, chatting with you. I really fell in love with your fragrances and it was so great to meet the man behind them all because they're just incredible. Um, For people listening who now want to get their noses on them, where do you recommend they do that? And where can they follow you? You can always go to zernelgilly.com and... I have samples, I have travel size, and I have full bottles available on my website. If you're in California, you can go to, you know, Scent Bar in both LA locations. You can go to Ministry of Scent in San Francisco. You can go to Very Special in Silver Lake uh, and smell them. If you're in New York, you can go to Scent Bar in New York Really lovely little boutique. I love that little spot. There's new locations coming in Chicago. There's new locations, another new location in L.A. and possibly in Texas. Okay, exciting. Um, yes. I also have another sample box release coming out soon. But again, if you want to check me out, zernelgilly.com might be the best way. I ship out every day. I get orders every day. I ship out every day. Um, it's just part of my thing that I do. I love it. And just what's your Instagram or, you know, social media for people to follow you? Zernell Gilly. Zernell Gilly. Yeah. My name is so, it's, it's unique. So it's easy to find me. Zernell, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much. All right. This podcast was edited by Joe Leonardo. Music is by Max Vernon and illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez. 